Nelson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi all. Welcome to Five Stripe Final, the only high distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United. I'm JCM Jones from Dirty South Soccer. This is Joe Patrick, Dirty South Soccer. Say hey, Joe. Hi. Hi. Hey, Hi. Man. Hey, uh, this is Five Stripe Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion. Like we said, we're coming to you live from a McDonough Denny's, and we are excited as hell because y'all, y'all, Elite United just was, them, fucking uh. stomped them. Dropping f bombs already, yeah, guy. dude. <laughs> I I can barely contain myself, honestly. Um, the energy tonight was uh, it, it was. We just kicked their ass. I mean, the kids say it's lit right I, off the top. I mean, from the tifo. Yes, it was just a perfect yes. night. It was great. Perfect. You can't slip this kind of y'all, thing, y'all. Y'all, I hate the arts and crafts, but <laughs> y'all crushed the arts and crafts. It looked awesome. Uh, so from the word go tonight, it was amazing. Even the players mentioned that. The players the couldn't help. The players couldn't help but leak it on their Instagrams. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. They were like, it "Oh shit!" Uh, there was there was an energy about this place. There there is one just there was just something kind of different about it. You got to feel it. Uh, before the game, we were down in the Gulch, kind of checking everything out there, and, and we'd been there many many times, and, and it just kind of felt a little bit different, a little more rowdy. Uh, we got in here, it felt a little different. Um, even still, you had Red Bulls fans being very, very cocky on their walk-in as they were chanting and saying some things. Uh, it ended, the night ended with them throwing things from Yeah, I was going to say, beers right just us. falling down right in front of us, right behind this glass, right down onto the Atlanta United supporters. So, yeah, it was that kind of night. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently they were turning the uh, the plastic, like, the for the TIFO and, like, paper airplanes. And oh, nice. Like, yeah, yeah. That's going to stop us from doing a 70,000-person <laughs> TIFO. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, all of their efforts, all for naught, in the stands and on the field. Tonight, Atlanta United dominates uh, pretty much from the word go. It took about 80 minutes or something to that effect for Red Bulls to even get a shot on target, um, mostly thanks to the, the presence of one singular person. Uh, shout out Big Boy for leading us to victory mm-hmm. tonight. It was all you, man. All you. Big Boy, you're going spike hitter tonight. Big Boy, turned the only reason we won. Who are they going to get? Who are they going to get for How are we going to top Big Boy? I have no idea. You know, now that I think about it, maybe they're not allowed to do it for an MLS Cup final. They're not. Maybe they're not allowed to oh, do Spike since Come it's on. like an MLS no, thing. No, no, no. We, we would have to. I hope, I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I just don't know how, how they're going to top Big Boy. <laughs> Some combination of like Dominique Wilkins, Henry, and, <laughs> yeah, and a few other people all coming together. They'll alternate. With, with, like they'll, they'll get, they'll get coming in, yeah, to, <laughs> to come in and do this to somehow equal the amazingness that was Big Boy. Um, also amazing, though, on the field, Franco Escobar, man of the match tonight. Yeah. Uh, I think we can lead right off the bat with him because he was incredible the entire time. I feel like a proud father. I feel like um, not 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 that not that I'm Franco's daddy or anything. I mean, you are older than him, I guess. Yeah. Otherwise. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's uh-huh. that's sad. But uh, yeah, no, he was he was amazing, and um, I'm glad he got the goal because he was the man of the match before that. You know, he he was yeah. the man of the, he was Absolutely. winning tackles all over the all over the field. Um, 50-50s, the players were talking about it. They said he's not the same player that they met when they came to Atlanta, or when he came to Atlanta. Which sounds like a, a, a kind of a mean thing to say. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a backhanded when said it, I went, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah. like, no, it, it, it's definitely been a change. I think it helps a lot. And I'm just going to say this right off the bat. I think it helps a lot 
when you're not being punched in the face by your own teammates. It, it helps in a big, big way for you to kind of get on a rhythm and start to get things rolling. Uh, without Brad Guzan punching Franco Escobar in the face, uh, he's been able to get in a little bit of rhythm here. Um, but not only getting a rhythm, but just bringing a whole lot of intensity. That's yeah. something that Tots I mentioned a bunch was the intensity tonight. Franco Escobar was huge for that. Uh, he was playing on the wing. He was getting up and down he's very, so very fast. Quickly. I yeah. mean, he's okay. So he said much earlier in the season, he was like laughing. We were talking about, you know, how fast some of the players are. Uh, this was like a training and he was like, oh yeah, I'm faster than Miguel. And he, he was just like, like it was no big deal, no big thing. Like, it, like it was a common, you know, theory that people held. And, and obviously nobody thinks that everyone thought he was a crazy lunatic, which he also kind of is. If you look at his Again, tattoos, come down to conclusions. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I think he showed it tonight. He was just, blazing up and down the pitch. And I, th- I thought it was really interesting because when Atlanta United went to Red Bulls on September 30th, on the wings, on they played that same formation, the back, the three center backs and the wing backs, except they had Julian Gressel and Chris McCann in those positions. And I thought you just saw a huge difference having Franco Escobar and Greg Garza, two like, real athletes. Not that those other guys aren't mm-hmm. athletes, but you know, obviously it's a different level of athleticism with those guys on the pitch. And I think it really makes a difference. It's something I've, I've mentioned kind of going in like maybe a month before the playoffs even when we were kind of looking ahead to what could possibly happen with this. And the idea was that everyone got hurt at the right time. Uh, when these people got hurt throughout the year, they got hurt at times that allowed them to come back for games like this. We, we got Dolly Kinnapke back. We got Greg Carza back. Uh, and of course, Franco finally sliding in a little bit. And yeah. everyone's healthy. There's a healthy team going in, in, into the biggest games of the year. And Red Bulls tonight missing Kamar Lawrence. Uh, may have been huge. Yeah, uh, we, for we, sure. I mean, it's hard to kind of really take stock of exactly how much it would have helped. But it's, it's always something you got to think about. Uh, but we were healthy. Yeah, and, and I thought it was good to see, Helps. you know, just how much energy we had with some of our key players coming off those international duty. And, and you know, Red Bulls had players on international duty as well. But, you know, Joseph Martinez, Miguel Almiron, uh, Tito Vigalba, those are three guys you're relying on to score goals for you. So it was good to see them. You know, Joseph didn't look any worse for the wear, really. I think no. he got, I think that probably played into why he was taken off a little bit early, just to make sure, you know, he had that, that fatigue factor, didn't, didn't factor into the game in terms of an injury. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought they all looked good. And um, yeah, they, they actually, they just ran Rebels off the pitch, just physically. Yeah. Like, like uh, Daniel Royer had to be subbed with like, in the 70th minute. I don't think he's typically he subbed shot. at that point. He looked shot. Yeah, he was dead. He was yeah. dead because he was chasing Franco Escobar. And I was talking to Felipe Cardenas from The Athletic during the game. He sits next to me. We were just kind of discussing, um, you know, Chris Armas and, 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 and Royer were kind of looking at each other the whole game, like, you know, putting their arms up. They didn't know how to deal with that movement from Escobar. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was kind of confusing because normally you would have Kamar Lawrence there behind him, and, but instead they had uh, some a classic... Colin classic. <laughs> Again, classic I, I've mentioned this before, but they add a new white guy every <laughs> every kind of two weeks or so, and you don't know when they're going to come in, but but Red Bulls threw a call in late tonight. I'm yeah. shocked he didn't score four goals, honestly. So, so, so he was back there, and I feel like you know they wanted they wanted Royer tracking back a little bit to help him out, and it just created a mess for them. Yep. They, they weren't really able to get that forward thrust going through Royer on the left side when they went forward. So, um, yeah, it, it was really great performance. See, it was great to see that energy from Atlanta tonight. And it's something that's been kind of the big talk in, in, the, in the press conferences and the meetings in the locker room afterwards, just about the intensity, uh, because it's something that we didn't see in Toronto. I don't know why. I don't think we'll ever be able to say why. Uh, but I asked Jeff Lorenowitz after the game if he thought that losing at Toronto may have actually helped them bring more intensity, just kind of a wake-up call there at the end. And he said, no, I, I don't think so. He said that he thought that 
just the bright lights of New York City and being in that stadium and playing against a New York City team they don't seem to like yeah. a whole heck of a lot, uh, they probably would have been up for it in the same way. So so where this has all kind of come from, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not sure if we can pinpoint it really, uh, but the team has come out with, with so much fire and passion, I guess, to, yeah. to be kind of cliche. I mean, they seem like a different team. It seems like yeah. a different team, and part of that, I think, is the tactics that have been used. Um, kind of a more defensive, a more pragmatic approach to the game in general uh, since the playoffs have started uh, in Yankee Stadium. But I think also, yeah, you just see the different, like a new exuberance from the team, um, like the fight, the, the passion, passion. <laughs> <laughs> Go forward, young man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you th- weird take here. They, okay. Like, you don't have to agree with this at all, but do you think they got bored, maybe? Bored? Um, Bored may be the wrong word, but do you think there was some just complacency? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, do, I definitely think there was. I definitely yeah. think there was. And I think that, you know, it was interesting because they called Toronto a final. They called it a cup final. That, that was how they referred to the game, and that's how they were going to approach the game. Um, and then we've come, we've seen them come out in the playoffs here and actually play like they're in cup finals. Right. Not They didn't play like that in that game. And they didn't <laughs> even approach that game like Baffling. that. Baffling. So, I, I got nothing. Yeah, so... I don't know. It's, it's really, it's, it's really strange. curious. But, it, you know, it really is interesting to me because you look at the, the games that Atlanta has played against Red Bulls. They played against them twice in the regular season. They played against them. They, they didn't really change their approach from, from, from when they played them early in the season uh, at home here and then when they played them on September 30th at Red Bull Arena. Um, and then in this game, I think you saw a bit of a different approach. Although the coaches and the players don't say it. They, they say, like, oh, we play Like, Tata was like, we played out of the back. Um, no, you didn't. Not really. Like, like I mean, maybe from time to time you did, but most yeah. like it was it was a different. It was so much different than what they did against Red Bulls uh, in, in September. And Harrison, trying right? yeah. like at that point they were trying to absorb that pressure. They were trying to draw Rebels forward. They were not doing that so much in this game. They were you know playing the game in midfield, trying to win those those fifty fifty balls, which we, they did to a great effect. We played a long ball at one point, like in the first seven minutes or something. And Judge goes, "Yes." <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, this is good. This is good. We're doing the right but, thing. But, but I think that that's different from what they did in the regular season. In, in the regular season, they never diverted from that strategy or mm-hmm. from the overall philosophy of playing the ball out of the back, trying to control the game, um, maybe not necessarily control possession, but trying to be what they would call the protagonist, um, you know, be the, be the team on the front foot. And they just never they never deviated from that. They never tried to change their attack to try to win a game. Uh, and I think that that's all part of, you know, like we said, that philosophy. And then here in the playoffs, we're seeing, you know, a different approach, which is to make as few mistakes as possible and, and just advance, survive in advance to go to the next round. I've got a quote from the captain here, uh, Michael Parker, who says, It doesn't have to be pretty. It's a real big change from how we've done things in the regular season. We are playing out the back and connecting passes, but it's not the most important thing to focus on here. The most important thing is winning games, and we're going to do whatever we can to do that. And that just kind of speaks especially to that philosophy change you're talking about there. Yeah, I have my theory. I have my theory that that Seattle game that was such a cluster uh, ended up kind of sparking something in Tata there where he kind of realized he had to get a little more cocky with it and just kind of start messing stuff up. And, it, and he's kind of just built it up to where they could be able to execute that uh, and this part of the season, uh, I don't know how true that is. <laughs> I like that theory because it gives it a genesis point. Uh, well, I think he did talk about after that game how like we need to be, we need he to did. we need to find ways to win. You know, it was and that was kind of the start of that. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's the biggest two-two draw of the year. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It really gave us the momentum. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, it did. It did. I think it, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a bad theory. No, I, I don't. I, no, I don't either. I don't either. But yeah. um, and it's yeah. nice to see it playing out in a way that ends up getting us these big, big moments. Um, some other kind of tactical things that I thought were really, really solid tonight. Um, Ezekiel. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Yeah. And uh, Tito coming off the bench. Huge. Phenomenal. Huge. Did Chris McCann come off the bench? He, or something? Yes, he did. Oh, dear God, I didn't even note it. I like I barely noticed, um, but he didn't. Good job, bud. Good job. <laughs> but back to the Sekiel and it uh, we, we were we were bitching about McCann before this game even started. When we saw when we saw the lineups come out. Yeah. It's like ah, no Bello? Come on. Lame. Lame. Uh but no, Tito yeah. and Ezekiel coming off the bench were just excellent. I mean they, they come out and they know they have a limited time that they, they you know, they, they run appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> considering it. Yeah. yeah. I I, I, I I, I stuck around for Tata's Spanish uh, language presser, and you know I don't understand most of it, but I did hear you know the word. Um, I heard him say "dinero, dinero, dinero," which I'm, I, I assume that means he was talking about Ezekiel Barco mm-hmm. um, and kind of the role he's playing in this team. And I think he's really taken to it well um, in, in the second half of the season, kind of just being that super sub. So it hasn't always been to great effect, but you look at times where uh, in San Jose he provides you know. Not the primary assist, but the secondary assist, which was, was a great through ball to Miguel Almiron. Um, you look at him in, in the playoffs here. He's been running his butt off, which, you know, it's not you know, in the New York games, especially. It wasn't like he was doing anything super special, but he was giving you exactly what you needed at that moment. Uh, and then in a game like tonight, he comes in and makes plays. Him and Tito seem like they have a good partnership going, linking up together and yeah, and scoring, bringing the goals. And Tito, especially, you know. Can't say enough about him. Yeah, he, he, he could have had two tonight. The, you can tell the goal really meant a lot to him. He was tearing up um, at when he was kind of re- retaking his position to, for the next, for the kickoff. Um, yeah, I it, was kind of tearing up. I, I know, I know. I was like, I was having tears of joy. I was, yeah. I was thinking about MLS Cup final. So let, but, let, uh, let's talk about that very end part of the game here, where <laughs> we look down and see the uh, the fourth referee holding up the signboard with numbers on it that tells you how much more time we're going to do this thing. Uh, eight minutes. Eight minutes of stoppage time. We went, what the actual hell? Did someone die on the field <laughs> and we did not notice? There are a couple moments that may have like extended time a little bit, but to see eight minutes up there was was just another thing where you thought, oh no, God has, has reached down and touched this game and Atlanta is so, so boned. Yeah, he was like, you know, we were supposed to get Copa Libertadores final this weekend. We didn't get it. So eight minutes are going up on the clock, and and, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to get. But, hey, yeah. it worked out in our favor. It worked out in our favor. You, you kind of felt like, especially towards the end there, Red Bulls might have a couple of chances that they did somewhat. They really only still had the one shot on goal, though. Um, we'll get to a VAR scenario here in a second, which I'm sure Joe is interesting to talk about. But besides that, they had the one shot on goal. And um, it, uh, I don't know who that is. Um Gabe, Gabe, I don't have many jokes. I don't have many jokes, so I try to use them in as many different media channels I as I possibly me, can. I think he's talking to me. Okay. Um, I tweeted that earlier. This is terrible audio. Um, but yeah, no, it, it ended up paying off for us in a big, big way, which is, doesn't this isn't how this works. This is not how this works. <laughs> it's, it's, this is not how any of this Atlanta stuff works. This is how it never happens. I don't know. Everything went right tonight. Um, this obviously wasn't a championship game. There's, there is definitely oh, yeah. still time to screw this up. <laughs> many, many, much more time. Are you to, thinking to about parade routes? If so, there's still time to screw it up. There's always still time 
to screw it up. Never, ever forget. Um, but God, it's so hard not to feel just really, really great. I mean, if Nothing Atlanta United can get a, one goal one at goal. Red Bull Arena, they would need to win 5-1 to advance. So, Which would be the 28-3 to of, of <laughs> soccer <laughs> at that point. I mean, um, I... I, I was thinking about this. I guess Istanbul for, for Liverpool is oh, yeah. the 28-3 That's, of, of yeah. soccer, yep. actually. But this yep. would be the MLS version of that. Um, and it would be heartbreaking in so many, so many ways. But we'll always have tonight, guys. Mm-hmm. We'll always have tonight. Um, God, it, it's so hard not to feel good. But it was almost bad. It was almost real, real bad. But Sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? And the reason it was almost real, real bad, I thought it was 1-1. I thought it was wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was so great. Uh, <laughs> Tata had a great quote about that tonight. He was like, uh, so what do you think about what do you think about VAR? And I, well, now I'm forgetting what he said. He said, uh, he goes, it was some sort of offside. Like, he, like, didn't know. <laughs> He's like, it was, like, apparently some sort of a penalty or something. Uh, he, he had no idea what was going on, but obviously he was uh, very much cool with, uh, with, with the way that the call went, I think. So, yeah, yeah that was nice for, to see it finally go the other way for once and everyone even in the national media kind of cons- begrudgingly conceded that it was actually the correct call you <laughs> yeah. have wheel in an offside position uh he's not really cl- close to brad guzan but he is he is shielding him you can see yeah. guzan kind of have to work to to try and catch the ball i don't think he gets to it even if he's staring right phillips dead in the face yeah but to the letter of the law right it's the right call i think i i think if anyone is going to have a debate about this in the coming week I, the debate will center around whether this should be offside not whether this specific call was correct or not because by the book this call was correct but i can understand if you have an issue just generally with kind of this being a rule at all because i think like tata kind of thinks it shouldn't be a rule sure (laughs) it's kind of not like by the old school you know standards it's not offside um but yeah so yeah it was was the right thing to do so yeah we assumed that the var quake over in san jose was the karma coming back to us for for all the turn overturn calls here at Mercedes-Benz, but I think that might yeah. have actually been it right there. It, it felt good to get that after the 3-1 loss to Red Bulls that had so much VAR happening. The VAR the original VAR It's incredible. It's incredible how many uh, how many times VAR has affected an actual goal yeah. that's gone on the board and then come off or, or well, I don't know if you can have a vice versa of that, but in this stadium, um, it's happened. I, I counted them up at one point about midway through the through the season. It was like eight times that sure. there had been a like the like the scores changed after VAR is consulted, which I think is a big deal. Um, it changed because it changes the momentum. You know, it changes the 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 the, the, the dynamic of the the emotion of the players. So uh, it's a big deal. Whether you know whatever, however VAR affects the game, it definitely affects it in like kind of like emotional momentum type of way. And. I just want to talk about the goal that they scored. Like, the actual goal itself, if it had counted, would have infuriated me on so many levels because it was the most Red Bulls goal it was, I've just yeah. about ever seen. I say that for every Red Bulls goal, but they're all total... <laughs> I've, already, I've used my curse allotment for this for this show. Um, it's, our, it's always just nonsense the way they score. A free kick comes in and just headed kind of in the box in the middle and... Bradley Wright Phillips just kind of poked it through, and it's something we talked about that Atlanta was going to struggle on set pieces against this Red Bulls team we saw there. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, fortunately, they didn't offer them that many that many uh, set piece really opportunities. No. Um, and with a team with so many people, five or six people on yellow card accumulation, kind of watch. Yeah, that could have missed the next leg uh, for us to kind of come out with just the one yellow card from a player that 
was a loud one. Well, I'm glad great. I'm glad you segued us to that because I thought aside from the result, that's the biggest outcome of this game is the fact mm-hmm. that you're not having anybody suspended. Basically, you're not you're not having anyone suspended for the rest of the playoffs unless someone gets a red card uh, in New York. That's huge because we came in. How often has Atlanta gone a game? They only had one red card tonight. I don't know if Rebels had any. Or I'm sorry, yellow cards. No. I don't know if Rebels had any. Um, but still, like Atlanta yeah. typically tends to play kind of aggressively and, and leaves themselves exposed in situations where, where they have to bring a player down. Um, so yeah, that, that's huge. I yeah. thought for sure we'd be missing somebody for this next leg. So yeah, yeah, it seemed like it was coming. It seemed like it was like I was sure. anticipating it so much that I actually gave out wrong information on Twitter <laughs> saying that we were. So LGP, <laughs> just the yellow card. Yeah. He's, he's gonna be he's gonna be ready to go for uh, for the second. Leg. I got yelled at by all the communication staff. Every they all went they all came up uh, in a in a roar. Yeah. Yeah, no cheering in the press guys. box, but there's definitely admonishing Joe Patrick yeah. for, for brutal mistakes. That's wrong. That's wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you should feel bad, and you're a bad person. Um, so we, this does happen Thursday. It's kind of a, a quick turnaround now. Uh, Seven thirty start time Thursday. I no idea. Up in New York, uh, which is, I mean, that's just so quick. We waited around for a couple weeks, and now all of a sudden it's kind of boom, boom. We we've got two games right back to back. Jeff Lorenowitz talked about how cold it will be. Yeah, the weather is important in these matches. Very important. It's not just important in soccer. It's just, it's important in general. Uh, it affects every single person every day, no matter where you live around the world. It's like food. You can't live without it. You're, so it's something to take into consideration. The oldest white man. It's something to take into consideration. It's amazing. Oh, Atlanta's won like the coldest game in MLS history, though. They did, they did, and that's kind of our one positive rallying point. (laughs) When we beat Minnesota, that one time, worst Minnesota team. Uh, (laughs) God, they were bad then. Uh, They're still bad. They They crossed it like fifty times. Um, Gosh, Uh, yeah, no, it didn't quite work out that way in Toronto, though. So we'll see if that has any real effect. That's true. Not really counting on it to be too bad, Uh, but. I can't expect Red Bulls to really have too much of a home field advantage. They can barely sell out most things. Yeah, um, I mean they'll probably be twenty thousand there. I think I I, I think I counted it up. They they sold out two games this season. I think. Okay. Okay. We'll see if they get there. We'll see if they get there. We had seventy thousand here tonight. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, we also had big boy RJ Rosal walk a flock out. I'm just saying your team your team could never. Uh, we also had Red Bulls fans right above <laughs> us, right above us uh, in the press box, and a Blake writing something for the recap and all of a sudden I look up and just see something kind of flash in front of my face and we all kind of stood up and went oh god what just happened uh Red Bulls fans after the VAR call uh we're we're not happy we're not happy and they handled it like not like big boys they handled it like Red Bulls Twitter like Red Bulls Twitter yeah um who's just Orlando Twitter with a liberal arts degree from Monmouth that was my joke. Yeah, nice one. I thought it was a good bit. I thought it was good. It was good. Uh, so yeah, they started Solid. throwing some stuff. They threw some extra stuff. Um, after that, I, I saw a video of like one Red Bulls fan kind of like pushing his girlfriend in the side. It was rough, man. It was rough. They weren't happy. They weren't happy. Nope. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll see if they they keep being grumpy in New York. I hope they do because they they've been awful quiet lately. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to going. At, when we're done with this show and uh, reading their their press conference uh, quotes, because they're going to be so deliciously sad, it's going to be great. It it's is be great reading. It is, and of course, Chris Armas and Tata not on the best of terms. Yeah, did they handshake after the game? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I Does anybody know so, any any of the uh, sixteen people watching? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, Let us know because there was tension last time, guys. There was tension. There was Tata is, yeah. is not a fan of uh, braggadocious people like no. Chris Armas. No, 
Did, was, was Tata waving his arms to the crowd when they were up 3 nothing in this game? Were they, I wish was he? he? I wish he <laughs> that would have been amazing if he did. Golly. All right, we had questions about this. I forgot oh, about like, yes. the main that's part kind of the show. Yeah, that's, that's, why, that's the, why we're here, right? It's kind of the whole shtick. Uh, let me get to them real quick. Joe, how's your day going? I'm, things are going well. Things are going yeah. well. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> Weather was nice today. Wait. A little overcast. Uh, it was nice. I Didn't thought need to it was going to be colder. I only had the one jacket on. I thought it was great. Um, let's see. Let's see. Weather. Weather. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, uh, let's talk about this. Wait, no, we're not going to start with that. Uh, <laughs> Come on, give us anything. Give us anything. Look, all right, both teams played a very, very high line. Uh, Steven Joyson's in this picture. That's hilarious. I sent him to the Slack deal. I don't know if you saw yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, both teams on a goal kick. Wish you guys could see it. Not even like 20 yards apart from like their high line from each other. It's all just clustered together. I think you had a lot of thoughts about uh, Red Bull's line. Yeah, I mean, they so they were playing a very high defensive line, but they weren't pushing what they would call the line of confrontation, basically like the line where they start pressing and actively trying to win the ball. Uh, they didn't really move that forward with it as well. In fact, they yeah. dropped it back for this game. Uh, so it wasn't really in sync. What it, what it allowed was for our center backs to just be have no pressure on them, yeah. and they were able to pass the ball forward um, long. To Usually it was Joseph you know, trying to run off the back shoulder. Those center backs were pushed way, way up the field. So it worked great in our favor. Um, it seemed like something that different than what they've been doing uh, recently under Chris Armas. When Chris Armas first came over, he he moved them to that. It's called like a mid block where you're not really yeah. full on a full press. You're kind of in the middle, and it can be hard to hard to get that right. Hard to get the the the, the height of the center backs along with that kind of line of confrontation, um, you know, in 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 congruence with one another. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was Atlanta was taking advantage of that um, multiple times throughout the game, and, and I think Reb, I think it was part of the reason Rebels struggled so much. Um, they just didn't they weren't in sync. Do you think Armis maybe outsmarted himself a little bit here? It seems weird to I, kind of go with that decision. And Parker Stephen called it a half press, yeah, instead of just yeah. the full press that we're used to seeing. It seems yeah. like a weird choice. Yeah, the players were, were, were talking about it afterwards. I think it was just one of those things where Armis. I think he was kind of afraid to to do their full on press that they would normally do on this big big pitch behind us. Um, it's a, it's an intimidating thing to do, and if you run that system, that's one of the risks. You know, like you can get exposed when you have that high press. Uh, the, on the other side of the coin is you can beat anybody on any given day, mm-hmm. um, but it's not necessarily the most consistent way to win. And I think that Chris Armas, when he took over, had the right idea of kind of getting Red Bulls into. Um, a kind of mode where they can be more consistent. Similar with what we've seen from Atlanta United this year. Atlanta United pressed way more last year, and they would give up a lot more chances last year. This year, they're playing a more balanced game, uh, and we've seen with that some more consistency from Atlanta United, but it's not as, you know, uh, volatile. The scorelines can be not as volatile one way or the other, you know? So I think they just kind of got caught in between two minds in this game. Speaking of consistency, uh, do we see any changes? In the next leg, I wouldn't change anybody. Margie, I don't, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see know? why you would. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, when it comes to Tito, uh, I think he's kind of the main one people would maybe want to see in the starting lineup since he has been a starter for so much of the season. But why change? Why change that now? I mean, he looks so good coming in late in the game. You look look at this game tonight. Atlanta United looked like the more dangerous team. They looked like the one who are more likely to score a goal. You know, yeah. in the after the 80th minute of this game because you have two players up there and in, in Tito and Ezekiel that can just create offense on their own. And when the other team is pushed high up the field, like they will be when we go to Red Bull Arena on Thursday, I don't see any reason why you would want to change that. 
Do you change anything tactically? Do you sit back a whole lot? Do you bunker? As I mean, the kids say, yeah, I think you do, but I, I, but I don't think that that that's much different than what Atlanta United has been doing in this playoffs already. You know, like I, I would say that we bunkered against NYCFC. We only had thirty one percent possession against NYCFC at home uh, in the game that we won three one. So you can you get you can play that way and still create attacks. You know, and mm-hmm. and, and and be be solid defensively. So um, I don't know if I would like consider it. Bunkering, it's just a different. It's counterattacking. It's a, it's a counterattacking system sure. um, where you can just you know try to try to let them expose themselves and then hit them when they're exposed. So yeah, yeah. Again, one goal, one goal. Red Bulls have to put five buys. So that's got to feel pretty good going into it for the players, for the manager. Uh, maybe not the fans because we know we know what Atlanta does. But hey, you know what? Got to be happy tonight, right? Yeah. Anything else to add? No, no. I, I talked to some of the players this week, and they said that they, uh, you know, wanted to win it for Atlanta, the, the you know, the championship um, for the city. And I think that we're kind of seeing that resolve in this yeah. team right now. I, I think that you know, we're we're just seeing a different kind of passion late in the season. We're seeing the best Atlanta United team we've seen ever. So, yeah, this team could be. Literally anyone. This is the biggest result I think. You know, this is the biggest result in in Atlanta United history. I think even regardless of it being a playoff game, just the fact that against a team this good, winning by that margin, the team we lost to in our very first game. I feel like this is this is the Mighty Ducks going to the private school in D three and losing to the varsity team (laughs) by like ten goals and then coming out and beating them in in the final act. it, It feels really nice in Disney and a nice bow. On things didn't I guess also in D two they did they lose to Iceland in the first one um, or, and then like go back to beat Iceland maybe that's yeah, miracle on I, th- ice. I think I I, yeah they like lost in the group stage or something right 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 <laughs> shout out Adam Banks <laughs> shout out Adam Banks um, all right y'all that's gonna do it here from five stripe final go ahead and follow Joe Patrick at J Patrick two hundred follow me at J underscore Sam Jones go ahead and follow the main account at Dirty South S O C on Twitter. Uh, you can head to the website, DirtySouthSoccer.com. We're going to have a ton of great content coming to you from now until Thursday. Uh, of course, we'll be live tweeting and doing all sorts of things for uh, the game as well. Pump uh, your story. You got you got one running. Is it going to be running tomorrow? The Q&A? Oh, yeah. We're going to have a nice Q&A with uh, Jill Sakovitz uh, from the broadcast crew uh, from Fox Sports. Uh, that'll be running probably whenever if not tomorrow then sometime this week Uh, there's a few other stuff I'm working on too as well that I'll get to as soon as grad school stops being terrible that's nice to know grad school Um, but yeah you got anything running you got anything on a plug here buddy Uh, no I don't I don't oh follow follow this YouTube channel if you're watching right now just hit follow oh yeah that's all we we want we are pivoting to video uh, so go ahead and check out all the video and stuff that we're putting out. We're not pivoting patients. to video, but we will be adding. We're adding video <laughs> content. That. We're adding we're video, video content. Yeah, whatever. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be cool. We're all it's fired. Gonna be cool. All the writers are fired. <laughs> um, anyway, um, get us get at us with any questions throughout the week, anything like that. We're always yeah. happy to interact and answer. Uh, with yeah, y'all hit us up at Five Strike Final. Yep. Yeah. Oh, at Five Strike Final too on Twitter. That's the that's the main account for the show. Uh, you can check us out in podcast form on any of your podcast listening devices. Um, yeah, we're pretty much everywhere. So yeah, go and do that. A lot H-Dab. more content coming to you guys. A lot more stuff coming to you. Hopefully a lot more positive stuff just like this tonight. Five Stripes, the big winners here. Three nothing win at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Joe Patrick, we almost forgot. You're Lerunowitz man of the match. Oh. Playoff edition. Darlington Nagby. Yes. Good call. That's always a good call. You can just assume he did something positive. He was yep. good though tonight. He was very good. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I just made me think of the when uh, he got he had a, he had a clash of heads with Tyler Adams and our our, our co manager Rob Usry was uh, very very nightmare players yeah yeah it's like if Jeff Lorenowitz combined with the clone of Jeff Lorenowitz for me anyway Lorenowitz Prime shout out to not the Georgia Tech fans in my mentions right now who are super salty about the tweet I hit from the SS, which like wasn't even bad. It was just kind of like, hey, Georgia won and I'm a grad student in Georgia. Just, so, just like, don't just, like the tweet. Move just on. Just ignore it, guys. It was funny. It was a joke. Everyone taking it way too seriously. Um, shout out to uh, Phoebe Bridger. Shout out to Jeff Tweedy. And shout out to newly anointed Atlanta United fan. The man who I... I, I not betrothed. Behooved. I, I gave him a scarf. LeVar Burton has an Atlanta United oh, scarf now. Oh, my God. I can't believe awesome. we forgot to talk about that. Oh, that was amazing. So, yeah, yeah. And we always say that he's listening to the show. He may actually be now because he's a fan. He's a fan. He said he'd wear the colors probably. He told me. He told me personally. All right. Joe Patrick. Shout out Jorge Feeler. Shout out uh, Damian Silvera. Shout out uh, Lucy Russian. Shout out Dan Gargan. Mm-hmm. Jillian Sackovitz. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin Egan. All right, y'all. That'll do it. Then Fox Shape to Sell. Winners tonight, three to nothing. Bye, y'all. See ya.